Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your co-host, Darth Salim. And I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. And welcome to another episode of the podcast, everybody. Today is going to be a very special episode because, well... Um, for anybody who's seen the title already, you know what's coming, but Hannah doesn't. Yes, he's um, keeping me in the dark. <laughs> but let, let's go ahead and get the uh, Patreon and stuff out of the way first. So yeah, um, if you guys love our content, uh, we have a Patreon called patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmail, where you could contribute to any tier um, the highest being $10, our smugglers tier, and the lowest being $2. And any amount you contribute to, you have instant access to our Discord server where you could talk general Star Wars lore, memes, and uh, just give us general recommendations and have a nice little chat with me and uh, Celine over there. Yep. And for all of you smugglers out there, you will be happy to know that, uh, well, this month's Patreon art piece is uh, a shirtless Darth Mar. Of course, he's keeping the mask on because that's what he do best. Yes, he does. (laughs) And of course, he's got that nice little six-pack. Kind of underwhelming for Hannah because she was expecting something much more muscular, but he's got work I'm not complaining. Yeah. Yeah, I think he looks so good. It's, he does. It's got so much meme potential. The mask stays on during sex. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so for all of you smugglers that have contributed to our Patreon, I'm going to do the usual shout-out as per usual. So for all the smugglers that have contributed, uh, we got Cameron Lee, Elia Gestapi, Kenneth Young, Leon the Fourth. And Tristan H. Thank you all for supporting our podcast. And we're looking forward to um, the two-year anniversary video in a couple weeks from now. Yep, that is going to be a couple weeks. And uh, you got your own shout-outs, Hannah. Uh, my own shout-outs? Yeah, your blog. Uh, self-promotions. Yeah, self-promotions. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to mention the GoFundMe this time. Uh, if you want to put the link in there, you still can. Um. It has been slowing down. No one's been really yeah. donating in over, over a week. So yeah, that's fine. But uh, my blog will also be in the description. Please send me asks. I haven't gotten any. <laughs> it's been like a uh, it's like a the tumbleweed effect over there. Yes, <laughs> my ask box is just full of tumbleweeds. Yeah, uh, that's that's always disheartening. Um, but you got a couple of uh, nice questions a couple weeks back, didn't you? Yeah, from you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I still appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Always love helping out a fellow writer. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, with that out of the way, Hannah, um, I'm going to skip past the uh, obligatory what are we talking about today. Um, so this episode, we're kind of doing something a little bit more different. Like, uh, it's more, it's uh, once again one of the uh, factions episode. I'll just throw that out there immediately. Okay. So, um, it's not anything related to a Jedi. It's nothing related to the Sith, the Republic, the Bounty Hunters Guild, or any of those other factions that we know about. The Confederacy, all that. Okay. I mean, it does uh, include a little bit of the Jedi and the Confederacy, but that's just uh, minor details here and there. Um... So today, we will be talking about a unique faction, which was introduced back, I believe, in the 1980s or 90s. Oh, shit. In the old 
EU of Star Wars, specifically in the novel The Courtship of Princess Leia. Oh, I know what we're talking about now. <laughs> well, before you get on your high horse there, Hannah. Um, so let me paint you the scene a little bit. Okay. So within the inner rim of the galaxy, uh, the inner rim is pretty self-explanatory. It's not quite in the uh, deep core. It's not in, quite in the outer rim. It's somewhere in between, that sort of uh-huh. thing. Um, so in the inner rim of the galaxy lies a star cluster called the Hapes Cluster. Okay. Now, the Hapes Cluster, um, it is essentially a grouping of hundreds of stars just cobbled together. Okay. Kind of like how the Deep Core has a shit ton of black holes everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the opposite for the Hapes Cluster. It has, uh, let me see... There is a estimated uh, 63 inhabited star systems, but there's like hundreds of stars in the Hapes Cluster. Okay. It's essentially like its own miniaturized galaxy. Like, you know how like uh, Aigo has its own nebula and it yeah. has a thousand moons in it? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the same case with the Hapes Cluster, but on a much larger scale. Okay. Um, so, surrounding the Hapes Cluster is this nebula, which is infamously called the Transitory Mist. Um, this region is basically a, a, it's basically a bunch of ionized space, which makes it extremely difficult for people to travel through. Like, you would probably get your ship disabled and just left in the vacuum of space or something. Okay. So, going through the transitory mist is essentially impossible. Like, imagine the unknown regions, but more dangerous. Okay. Um, so... Okay, don't worry. I'll, I'll get straight to the point about this, Anna. Um, the Hapes Cluster, uh, it has, uh, even though it's kind of... Okay, so compared to the rest of the galaxy, which if I remember at the top of my head is like uh, 150,000 light years across, something like that. That's a lot. I think it's uh, like a little bit bigger than our own Milky Way galaxy. Yeah, the Milky Way is pretty big. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head because it's been five years since I last took astronomy. It's been a hot minute, yeah. Yeah, it's been a Um, hot minute. But yeah, like the Star Wars galaxy is big. The Hapes Cluster is pretty minuscule compared to the rest of the galaxy. It's just a sector of space, but there's like hundreds of stars just grouped together in yes. there. Um, but yeah, the the Hapes Cluster is uniquely enough. It has its own rich collective of alien life in there too. Okay. Um, some of the most notable sentient life, I don't have pictures of these guys, unfortunately. They're just kind of name dropped here and there. Um, there's the Abadathians. The Beldevians, the Gaunaurians, the Jebos, uh, Chaldeans, Marians, Melurians, Severians, Katizrians, Frakians, and the Woodian Wood Sprites. Okay. I know I just uh, <laughs> did a lot of uh, big words for you that you could not understand. But that's basically a bunch of alien races that are in the Hapes Cluster. Okay. But the main focus uh, for this episode, the main race within the Hapes Cluster, would be an offshoot of the human race called the Hapens. Okay. So the Hapens are kind of distinct from ordinary humans. They are classified as... uh, What's the word? Uh, God damn it. Um, 
human-like alien races. Even though they are humans, they're just kind of sort of different to humans in the same way that Marilyn's and Marilucas are offshoots of humans in their own way. Near-human races, that's what I was going for. Um, So the Hapens. uh, So the main distinction the Hapens have is that they have poor night vision. Um, And this is the case because in the Hapes cluster, it is perpetually daytime. Okay. Like how uh, Aigo is always in daytime. Like, it kind of has sort of night and daytime, but nighttime is more like dawn by their perspective. Okay. But yeah, um... (laughs) (laughs) Put up a fucking counter of how many times I've said okay in the first (laughs) ten minutes of the video. (laughs) But yeah, um, another distinction is that all female hapens are extremely attractive looking, which I will put in the chat here. Um, uh, why am I not getting them? Okay, here we go. Yeah, a lot of the Hapen women, at the very, very least, are like supermodel levels of attractive. If it could, uh, go, 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 man, go. (laughs) Uh, Wi-Fi does not want to cooperate right now. God damn it. Um, I think we got it. Nope, the Wi-Fi's just being fucky. Oh, here we go. Okay. I still don't see where you're going with this. <laughs> I'm about to get there. Just fucking input the input God from Monty Python. Get on with it! <laughs> but anyway, um, so let me go back to their main history. Um, so around 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, Hapens was kind of just this isolated place from the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. However, these, okay, this is around uh, before the Mandalorian Wars, by the way. Okay. Um, around this time, there were a bunch of pirates that found their way within the Hapes Cluster, and they found out, oh, hey, there's a bunch of worlds in here that we could use to uh, drop off our treasures and shit, mm-hmm. um, and just go back if the authorities come after us and everything. Um, these pirates would be known as the L'Oreal Raiders, um, and they were described as an anarchistic, male-dominated pirate band. Um, who found, and, yeah, um, they, as normal pirates do, they seize a lot of ship and spice and all that fun stuff. And along the way, they would abduct attractive women. Like, uh, princesses, uh, merchants, you know, the whole shebang. And yes. take them back to the Hapes Cluster. As basically their trophies, and they place them on the planet of Hapes. Mm-hmm. And these women, uh, they were just... You know, slaves, trophies, just put on this planet and, you know, the the pirates would do, uh, what's the word that I should use that does not get me demonetized? (laughs) The word that rhymes with grape. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to go with grape. Um, Yeah, they do that to them. Unspeakable things. Yeah, um, the pirates were not very great people, if it's not very obvious. Well... They're pirates. Yeah, and the women would kind of be forced to stay on this planet and, you know, raise their children and everything. And once the the male children come of age, the, the raiders would come back, take the children, and add them as part of their crew. Think Mars needs moms, but reverse. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's that situation. Um, however, as 
This kept going on and on. You know, more women get abducted, put on hapes. Uh, I could just imagine a lot of these women are just separated from their families if they would never see them again. Mm-hmm. It's a very shitty uh, situation to be in. Yeah. Um. One day, however, the Lario Raiders would uh, convene over their original home planet, which is called Lario. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently for this huge raiding attack. However, for... Fortunately, or how unfortunately, however you want to look at it, um, there was a task force of the Jedi and the Republic waiting for them. Okay. And there was this huge fight that Valorio Raiders engaged with the Jedi. The Jedi offered them a chance to surrender, but the Raiders were like, Fuck you, monks, we're not going to surrender. Die to the last man. And that's exactly what the Jedi did to them. Okay. This... Gave an opportunity for these women that were trapped back on hapes. Considering that a majority of the men were just, you know, off in this raid and everything. And the, dead. And dead. Um, the remaining, like, literally, like, around 75% of the raiders got killed in this mm-hmm. battle. And the remaining raiders, um, they found that they were highly outnumbered by these women. And the women decided to rise up like, fuck you, men. The women are going to take charge. We're going to rule this. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's a matriarchal society. That doesn't answer. What the fuck is this? And this is where (laughs) we talk about the subject of this episode. We will be talking about the Hapes Consortium. Okay. So the Hapes Consortium is one of these independent factions in the old EU of Star Wars. Um, the Hapes Consortium, I'll, don't worry, I'll send you a picture of what the Hapes Cluster looks like. Um, the Hapes Consortium is, as it's kind of self-explanatory, it's basically a consortium made up purely, well, not purely, um, ruled main, women. <laughs> by women. And yeah, that's the Hapes Cluster there. Hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um... So yeah, the Hapes Consortium was created at around 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, So, due to the unique position that they have in the Hapes Cluster, they were essentially isolated from the rest of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, there were a couple of pirates that made their way in there, but they were mostly a uh, isolationist society. Um, They don't really interact much with the galaxy. Uh, The Hapes the Hapes Consortium would pretty much be untouched for a good majority of its history. Like the Mandalorian Wars, the Great Galactic War, uh, the, the New Sith Wars. Uh, essentially, the Hapes Consortium was unaffected by those conflicts. Okay. However, there is scattered uh, history of a Hapes Consortium between its founding and the modern day of Star Wars. So we don't really know what went down there. They're kind of a very secretive society. Okay. In a very similar way to the Chiss in the Unknown Regions. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so if it isn't obvious already, the capital of a consortium and the seat of their power is the planet of Hapes, which if you look in the Hapes cluster is literally in the very center yeah, of it. Yeah, it's right in the middle. Yeah. Um, so Hapes, it's kind of a unique world. It is surrounded by seven moons. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> like every other planet in the uh, Hapes Cluster, it is illuminated 24-7. 
Um, oh yeah, let me tell you a quote from the uh, Hapen's point of view. Never let a man become so deluded as to believe that he is the intellectual equal of a woman. It only leads them to evil. I mean, <laughs> I'm not condoning sexism. <laughs> sexism is not good, but <laughs> they do have a point. <laughs> of course, you would immediately go for them after that quote. <laughs> but anyway, back to their homeworld. Um, so Hapen, uh, so Hapen's is around twelve thousand two hundred fifty-four kilometers across, compared to Earth's twelve thousand seven hundred fifty-six kilometers across. So it's close in size to our own Earth. Okay. Um, it has a twenty-two hour day and night cycle, or semi-day cycle. Uh huh. Um, it like has Alaska. Yeah, um, it has a population of 8 million people, and it, and literally in the chart, if you go onto Wikipedia, it says 100% Hapens. There's no other aliens on the Hapen homeworld. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and much like Naboo, um, it has large oceans, forests, and mountains, which, with much of it being untouched by the local Hapens, because they value art and beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, the Hapes Consortium, as the name implies, it's a consortium-style government led by a constitutional monarchy, and they ruled over 130 star systems within the cluster of each, with each system having one planet in it. Okay. So it's pretty sizable plan, uh, sector and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't worry, this is a complete coincidence. You want to know who the leader of a Hapes Consortium is? The Queen Mother. Yep. I'm looking at it right now on, the, <laughs> on <course>. Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, man. Foreshadowing for Star Wars Alternate. Exactly. It is very uh, coincidental. They are not related whatsoever. I'm sure. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. But yeah, um, so the so the Queen Mother, very her, heretical uh, position. Mm-hmm. Like the Queen Mother... Uh, when she died, her position would go to her daughter and everything. Mm-hmm. However, if she had a bunch of sons, usually the, uh, the the position of a queen mother would be passed down to the wife of her oldest son. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it is very matriarchal if it wasn't abundantly obvious by now. No shit. <laughs> but, yeah, the queen That's mother... So yeah, the queen mother is a prominent position of the Hapes Cluster. She... She's essentially seen by the entirety of a consortium as a goddess. Like, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, if you if you threatened the Queen Mother in any fashion, that's grounds for immediate execution. I see that. Yeah. Um, let's see. And the Queen Mother in the Hapen language is called Erinda. She who has no equal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, let's see. Though, aside from the Queen Mother herself, there would be the Hapen Royal Court, which serves as the legislative body and is made up of representatives from the 63 world within the Hapen's Cluster. You know, classic uh, legislative Congress and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> though the Hapen's okay. um, Cluster contained many different regions that held their own importance within the Hapes Consortium, um, the interior region, which of you see in that map, uh, contains 23 inhabitable star systems, one of which would be Hapes itself. So it's like the capital of the entire cluster. Okay. 
Um, then there's the, uh, what was it, the Gate Worlds, which held four habitable star systems. The Hapen Rim Worlds, which hold ten. Uh, the Corsair Outback, which contained three. Um, the Lariel Reach contained five. Um, and the Rifle Worlds. They're called the Rifle Worlds mainly because these worlds attempted to, uh, <laughs> separate from the Hapes Consortium, but the Consortium's like, no, 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 you can't do that. We're gonna <laughs> put down this rebellion right now. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but let me see. And then, uh, the final section would be the Transitory Myths itself. Technically, um... It is the figurative curtain of the Hapes Cluster, which separates them from the wider galaxy. Mm -hmm. um, it does possess several worlds, such as this one planet called Chariba, which holds uh, the majority of the Hapen's technology and its shipyards and everything. Okay. And let me see. Uh, the Hapens being a matriarchal society were, of course ruled by women that's pretty pretty Duh. obvious and the men were no better than second class citizens within the hapes cluster um though they were they were mostly kept there for breeding and everything can't have babies if you don't have men exactly so. exactly though there have been cases of hape and men holding some positions of power like i don't know maybe a uh, factory manager uh, of course there's the princes but they're they didn't... They're not as important. Well, okay. Uh, lack of importance is kind of uh, uh, down low. Um, but <laughs> even though they held some power, they were kind of restrictive. Because, you know, the women had all the say in the yeah. cluster. And most of these men would feel stuck. And they would be all like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna be a pirate. And they would go out in the transitory mist with your own ship and raid uh, vessels and everything. Mm -hmm. Until they were eventually caught by the Hapes Consortium. Mm -hmm. And then placed on trial and most likely executed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, had a, they have a very harsh rule over their citizens. The men in particular, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um, let me see. Well, even though the Hapens always valued the opinions of a female sex over the men, the upper classes were rife with corruption and political backstabbing. Of course, fucking bureaucracy. <laughs> you know, the classic shit where it's like, I want to rule power. No, I want to rule. No, I want to rule. Fuck you. Yep. It's just, it's literally the, they're taking after the Sith and they're backstab orgies. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, like, the, the position of the Queen Mother is really prestigious. And any house that is associated with a Queen Mother would be seen as the ruling noble house. So each noble house would, you know, want a piece of their pie. Oh, and, yeah. And try to assassinate the daughters or even the Queen Mother herself to put their own daughters into power. I'm seeing here that a lot of people had rivalries over whose son would get to father the next queen mother. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, no, my son's gonna marry the queen. No, my son's gonna marry the queen. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, the royal family of the Hapes Consortium was not known to treat their servants very well. And the concept of treating one of lower status as an equal is very alien to them. Oof. So, if a noble goes up to a farmer... 
they basically treat them like dirt that they walk upon. Like the Zygerians. Pretty much, yeah. Except they, these people aren't slavers. Well, from a certain a point way. of view. In a way. From a certain point of view. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let me see. Candidates for Varroa to become Queen Mother come mainly from nobility. Mainly to keep the gene pool vibrant, where, you know, there would be fierce rivalries. The very reason why the hapes, the hapen women look so attractive is because, you know, um, I wouldn't say inbreeding, but what's the Eugenics! Up? Thank you, eugenics, that sort of thing. That's yep. why all the hapen women look so attractive. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, aside from that, the hapen people have a deep love for art and beauty. If a person were blemished or deformed in any way, it would be widely considered to be a fate worse than death. Yay! Screw the disabled! Yeah! Especially if you're the queen mother who has, I don't know, the Scarface treatment. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ironically enough, though, the Hapens held a massive dislike towards the Jedi Order. They hate them with a passion. Yeah, makes sense. Which I always find very ironic because it was the Jedi that killed their ancestors, killed the men, and allowed the women to rise up to power. So if anything, they should be thanking the Jedi. I don't know, man. (laughs) Though I think I've also came across uh, the conclusion that they're mostly mad at the Jedi because of such a low gene pool that they have now. Yeah. Which makes sense, but at the same time, you know... Fair is fair. You got to rule, didn't you? You got to have your own piece of the cake. Give us a break. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, the main language of the Hapens is well, Hapen, um, which is developed. So original. I know, so original. Biff, Duros, Karelian. So original. <laughs> but anyway, let me give you a couple of examples of the Hapen language. There's Saki, which means worthy. Mm-hmm. Aranda, which is the green mother. Um, Aranda, superior technology. Feredrolin was dimmer spiced well. Um, Chumda, hair of a queen mother. And Shamla, wife of a queen mother's son. Huh. Yeah. Um, I do wish there were more examples, but I do think it's pretty cool that they put in the effort, at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the Hapes cluster, aside from their dominance of, uh, you know, the female sex and everything, they maintain a very strong military force and had a unique technology found nowhere else in the galaxy. Um, with their main advancement being ion technology. Um, but interestingly enough, and, well, um, very obvious, they were behind the rest of the galaxy by 700 years. Ooh. So... They were primitive in some aspects, but pretty high-tech in others. Okay. Um, this meant the Hapen's vessels were more vulnerable to their, well, Imperial and New Republic counterparts with their underpowered fusion generators and weapon systems. Mm-hmm. Um, while they do have adequate shielding and hull designs, most of the more recent Hapen advances were given to them by other Imperial companies like Kuwad Drive Yards and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Haben scientists were able to reverse engineer gravity well technology, which if you remember from our hyperspace episode is the uh, device that prohibits ships from going into hyperspace. Oh. Hmm. They, they essentially produce mass shadows, which is, well, 
the uh, signature of an asteroid or other planetary body that you don't want to crash into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were able to reverse engineer that. And let me... they also um, created what is called post-mass mines, which simulated mass shadows of planetary bodies and everything. Um, one prominent example of Hapen technology was their guns of command. Mm-hmm. Let me actually send you a picture, and let me ask you a, a quick question, Hannah. Yes. Um, when I send you the uh, picture, what does that look like to you? Just surface level stuff. What does that gun look like to you? If it show when it shows up, yeah, I'll I got tell you. you. <laughs> yeah, what does it look like? Just a normal, a normal blaster. A normal blaster. Very unassuming, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So here's the. F- when you f- hear the gun of command, what makes you think of why it's called the gun of command? Does it use, like, sound? You're getting there. Do you have to use your voice? <laughs> You're thinking it's I, a giant I, megaphone. <laughs> gun of command. You know, that's actually not that far off. I'm though. just using fucking context clues <laughs> here. Okay, so the gun of command. Uh, here's the thing. Instead of producing a uh, blast canister like normal blasters would, mm-hmm. it produces, uh, what was it? Um, God damn it. Electromagnetic waves. So basically, it is, in reality, a mind control device. Oh, fuck. And the guns of command are normally used on captured men. And they just use it to over... <laughs> they just disable their sensory oh, inputs. Fuck. And... <laughs> they normally use this thing as a form of execution, just like overwhelming their senses and make them much more willing to cooperate to suggestion and everything. Like literally, they just point the gun at them, and they're like, they give them the, the male a blaster and basically tell him to kill himself. Jesus Christ! Yeah, the guns. These of- bitches are hardcore. <laughs> yeah, you do not fuck with the Hapes Consortium. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's kind of funny that they literally have us electromagnetic guns. It's like the Star Wars version of the, uh, the command spell. Basically. Come. <laughs> no, that's power word. <laughs> that's... Power word, come. <laughs> Very fair. Um, <laughs> ironically enough, even though this gun of command is used as an execution device, it was forbidden to use this thing against women. Well, no shit. Because women in the Hapes Cluster, um, they are never executed under any circumstances. Yay! <laughs> the newest vacation spot for you, I guess. <laughs> Just... How, 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 how do I get there? How do I get there? <laughs> now you want to go to the Chiss Ascendancy and now the Hapes Consortium. No. <laughs> well, anyway, what other crazy technology do they have? Oh, yeah. They also have small golden shields for their personnel that are capable of forming personal energy shields around themselves. Nice. That's cool. It is pretty cool, yeah. The Hapens possessed advanced medical facilities, which produce the most realistic-looking artificial limbs in the galaxy. That's cool, too. So, yeah, you remember, uh, I'm not sure if you, yeah, you never watched Empire Strikes Back, do you? 
I don't think so. Okay, you remember the end scene where Luke Skywalker has his new cy- cybernetic limb, and it has like that, uh, you know, rubber-looking skin and everything. Sin skin. Yeah, the sin skin. Imagine the Hapen cybernetic implants looking more skin-like and everything. So it, it like actually looks like a, yes. an arm. Yes, it looks like a legit arm. It's not like you're wearing a glove. No, okay, <laughs> like what cool. Anakin wears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on top of that, they are quite skilled in the art of bioengineering. Interesting. So it doesn't go too much into depth of what they're capable of, but I imagine they, like, do a lot of renewable energy shit and something like that. Okay. (laughs) And also, like, uh, genetically modifying creatures. Or probably humans. Most likely, yeah, considering that uh, the women are always so beautiful. (laughs) Eh, wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. Fucking um, Gattaca. <laughs> but the, yeah. The, the way Gattaca works. Yeah. Um, Good movie, by the way. I'll have to watch it sometime anyway. Um, Basically, to picking out the perfect genes for someone. I feel it's like... It, very huh. futuristic. I feel like I've seen that movie somewhere. Yeah, I, I saw it two times in Life Science in high school. It's very good. Okay, I'm just going to do a random shot of the dark. Um... Is there, like, two look-alike people and one of them is disabled? No, but it's... the Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm probably thinking of a different film then. Jude Law is in it. Yeah, okay. It's still a very good movie. Yeah, I'll have to uh, watch it sometime one yeah, of these days. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, um, so there's this planet of the Hapes cluster called Gellinor. Um... It has it hosts some of the most high tech laboratories in the entirety of the Hapes Consortium. Okay. Um, like it has many scientists that uh had do a lot of uh top of line technology and research for the Hapes Consortium. Uniquely enough, a lot of them have committed crimes in the past, and this is sort of their punishment. Get forced to do science. Yep, science. <laughs> <laughs> There's even like a uh, record of a failed Jedi that wandered into the Hapes Consortium and became one of their best scientists or something. Okay, they got <laughs> weird prison sentences. <laughs> hey, it's for the good of the Hapes Consortium. <laughs> hey, that means I could become a scientist <laughs> if you're tech savvy enough. Eh, Hannah. I've seen you. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) But anyway, um, where was I? Okay. The Haves Consortium, as I mentioned before, has a very formidable military. Um, quote, having billions of warriors and thousands of warships. Mm -hmm. Um, amongst the military unit that had the highest authority within the consortium is the Hapen Royal Guard. And I'll send you a picture of these ladies. Um... There's only one legit image I could find of these gals, but I think it's a pretty cool-looking outfit. Oh, it it really gives me uh, Imperial Agent vibes. Yeah, it really does. I imagine that's one of their sects because the the Haven Royal Guard, um, they wear all crimson uniforms. Very bougie, but as you see in the picture, that woman uh, has all blue. she's wearing, like, blue and black. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as the name implies, their main duty is defending the Queen Mother and her family. Um, all members of a royal guard are not only seen as beautiful, but also very large and strong, usually carrying enormous shoulder-mounted weaponry. <laughs> Think Ascara. <laughs> Ascara, the more fucking buff Twi'lek chick. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I forgot about that lady. Yeah. Um. Yeah. These these women's you do not want to fuck with them. They they probably like a deadlift like six hundred pounds a day or something. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Um. They are prominently, as I mentioned before, they they um. Uh, wear crimson uniform, and they are identified by their status, which is uh, described as a one-piece uniform, similar to a flight suit. Okay. Um, as their sacred mission of protecting the Queen Mother, each royal guard has the authority to command local security forces, investigate threats to the Queen Mother, detain and interrogate any citizen, seize property, confiscate items, and tap into private communications. Nice. So these uh, gals, they're like the uh, FBI, CIA, NSA, all rolled into one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you do not. I know I said this multiple times, but you do especially do not want to fuck with these ladies. Nope. <laughs> they even have the authority to overrule high-ranking fleet admirals. Oh, fuck. So, yeah, these are like uh, the Queen Mother's. If the Queen Mother's the goddess, the royal guards are her angels so to speak yeah sounds like it like you have absolutely no reason to say no to the royal guard that's like the equivalent of saying no to the the um the sacred uh enforcers of a queen mother's will Mm -hmm. but yeah um so there are two distinct divisions of a royal guard Mm -hmm. there's well the royal guard and there's the investigation uh division um, the Royal Guard is very obvious. They're meant to guard the Queen Mother, follow her wherever she goes. Like, mm-hmm. they're with her 24-7 and everything. Um, the Investigation Division, on the other hand, they served mainly as detectives, spies, you know, the works and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they serve in surveillance, interrogation, forensics, stealth, and purity. Um, so these guys are the, are literally the spies of the Hapes Consortium and everything. Among other specialities, the, there's the Fountain Snipers, very mm-hmm. self-explanatory. Um, the Fountain Gunners, they are the ones with the heavy weapons, the mini mm-hmm. guns and everything. And the Royal Flyers, who are basically the pilots of the Royal Guards. That's cool. Yeah. Um... It is also interesting to note, which I found when I was doing my research, not all of them are female. 95% of them are, but 5% of them can be men. Wow. So, yes, there is not quite a quality, but a minority could be men. <laughs> There's a minority of men in the military. <laughs> um, aside from that, though, um, there is another special military unit called... Her Majesty's Select Commandos. And these are the legit only all-male military unit in the entirety of the Hapes Consortium. Wow. And uh, <laughs> um, as as you could tell from that uh, wordful title, um, these guys are the commandos of the Queen Mother herself who send them out on special operations under her charge. Like spec ops from the Old Republic. Pretty much. Or like uh, black ops operations, like okay. the Green Berets or something like that. Okay. Um, although it's also interesting to note that their general is female. <laughs> so it's not all male, but their, their leader the, is the female. The women still have to have the position of power. Yeah, exactly. They're all male, but... You the gotta, general female. You gotta have that uh, leash on them. But anyway, um, 
Inverhape Military. Um, okay. There's also the Hapen Security, which serves as the, you know, police force. Um, the Royal Intelligence Service, you know, the the main intelligence agency, CIA and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and their most prominent part of the military, the most popular one that you always see portrayed in any sort of, uh, of, uh, EU source, which, which, uh, you know, um, the Hapes Consortium appears in. Mm -hmm. And that is their Royal Navy. Nice. They probably have the most dope-ass looking ships ever. Um, so the Hapen Royal Navy, while it isn't the most powerful navy in the galaxy, it still has a quite fearsome reputation as uh, they take after their loyal raider forefathers, with their main tactic performing swift and ruthless strikes hunting their enemy as much as they can in the beginning of their engagement. So they're essentially taking pirate tactics but on crack. <laughs> like they just swoop in, blast the fuck out of you, and then go away. Yep, blitzkriegs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, let me see. They also refer, interestingly enough, you know how like all ship captains refer to their ships as she's. Yeah. They refer to their ships as he's. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Why no, I go down with him, my ship. Well. It makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> Probably five hours a night little detail that I came across. It is a cool little detail. Yeah. Um, while they are hardly a threat to most major forces in the galaxy, in the few skirmishes they have made against the Galactic Empire when it was still around, mm -hmm. um, they were able to, mind-bogglingly enough, capture several Imperial-class Star Destroyers to add to their fleet. Wow. Which is pretty goddamn impressive because their ships are tiny compared to a Star Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they possessed the Royal Space Marines, who are special operations force within the Navy. You know, normal Marines, mm -hmm. but for the apes. Um, there's SIGTEL, which is the Naval Intelligence Branch. Um, though they possess one of the most unique starships in the entire galaxy, with their main starfighter being the Mythil Starfighter. And I'll put that in the chat real quickly. It's got a very sleek looking design, I gotta say. Um, yeah, it just looks like a... I don't know what it reminds me of exactly. That's still cool looking. It is pretty cool. It's tiny compared to many other fighters in the galaxy. Quick and nimble, too. Mm -hmm. Um, the interesting backstory behind the Mythil-class starfighter, um, was that it was not purely of Hapen design, but it was designed by a couple of separatist starfighter engineers who fled to the Hapes cluster in the aftermath of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Hapes Cluster and uh, the Separatists had a nice little relationship um, <laughs> in a similar way that uh, Nazi scientists contributed to the, the United States space program. And the atom bomb. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I like that little, uh, nice little detail here yeah. and there. Um, let me see. Uh, interestingly enough, the Mythos Starfighter employed an astromech unit. I don't know if it's like a pure Hapen astromech unit or if they just copied the design from the main galaxy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, as with each astromech unit, they assist with in-flight operations and navigations because, you know, they got Navi computer mm -hmm. destinations inside of them. Um, they are equipped with light weapons, such as two laser cannons, one concussion missile launcher, and uh, it's designed as a air space superiority starfighter, and basically controls the entirety of the Hapes cluster. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, let me see. It also has its cousin, the Mythial Assault Bomber, which is basically a uh, more chonky-looking version of a Mythial Starfighter. There it goes. Yeah, it's just chonkier. It's just a little bit chonkier. Uh, it's so well-armed and so fast, it's more comparable to a heavy Starfighter than a bomber. Mm-hmm. So, very good on the uh, Hape and the Hapes Consortium for having such dope-ass starfighters. Um, one of their main capital ships is what is called the Nova-class battlecruiser. And I'm, it's probably, a, it's, its design looks pretty cool, but it kind of reminds me of a uh, Klingon Birds of Prey. A little bit. Yeah, um, it still looks pretty cool, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so... It's an interesting ship design. Yeah. Um, so the Nova-class battlecruiser is the most common-looking ship within the Royal Navy, and they are normally deployed on the borders of Hapen space to deter pirates and smugglers that want to penetrate the nebula. <laughs> Though they are also designed mostly for responding to threats rather than prolonged engagement. Mm-hmm. Though the most iconic ship amongst the Hapes Consortium, and probably the most unique-looking ship in the uh, EU of Star Wars, is I introduce to you, um, the Hapen Battle Dragon. That's pretty cool. It is so cool. It looks like a motherfucking airship in space. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It reminds me a little bit of Dooku's... Uh, Solar Sailor, yeah. yeah. I can see that, yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, the Haven Battle Dragon is probably one of the most iconic ships in the old EU of Star Wars. It's Legends. so <laughs> It is so unique. It's so cool. Um, the, it, the Haven Battle Dragon serves as the backbone of the Haven Royal Navy. Um, and it, it has its unique twin disc, disc design look. Um, it's made as a practical way of, uh, okay, so if you do look at that picture, it has like a couple of turrets on top of its discs. Mm -hmm. Um, those turrets are meant as a swivel little device to kind of switch over the cannons to the ones in the back and everything. Okay. Because, uh, the Hapens are kind of far behind in their recharging technology with their turbo lasers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the first battery needs to cool down, switch to the ones in the back. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is a really cool little design for the Haven Battle Dragon. It, it gives them I just a, like uh, the name of the ship of <laughs> the, the Battle, Battle Dragon. Dragon. <laughs> it's so eighties. I like it. <laughs> but anyway, where was I? Okay, um, the Battle Dragon is also equipped with proton torpedoes, tractor beam projectors, and sixteen post uh, mass mines, which are the uh, the ones that prevent you from going out of hyperspace and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, though despite this innovative tech to help make up for the Hapen's uh, lack of advanced turbo laser technology, the Hapen battle dragons are meant to be used in mass against of just a few targets. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it was sent up against like an entire fleet or something, they'd be screwed. Uh-huh. Um, it's more of a uh, overwhelm one enemy with sheer firepower and hope that they die so that uh, when we're in the middle of recharging, we could just give a fuck out of dodge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, while there are many as hundreds of battle dragons within the Navy, the premier fleet led by Prince Elziars, uh, he personally commands his own battle dragon, which is crimson colored, and it is called the Song of War. <laughs> 
Ooh, that's cool. It is such a kick-ass name for a ship. And his fleet uh, contains 63 of her Haven battle dragons, each one representing one of a consortium's worlds. Nice. Yeah, I just love these little details. Um, though the ultimate pride and joy of the Hapes Consortium would be what is called the Star Home. And let me go ahead and put it through in the chat for you. Um, <laughs> it's literally just a flying castle. It looks like a city from this picture. Pretty much, yeah. It's literally uh, a royal palace. That can fly. That can fly, yes. Goddamn. (laughs) Yeah, the Star Home is one of the most unique and luxurious ships in the galaxy. As I mentioned before, it's a literal castle built upon the base of volcanic rock. Wow. Constructed by the first queen mother herself. Oh. So, yeah, the the Star Home... uh, Let me see. The Star Home is a duplicate of a fountain palace, which is the royal seat of a queen mother. Mm-hmm. Um, the Star Home is 2,500 meters or 8,202 feet tall. Wow. Um, so it's twice the size of a Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world. Yeah. And probably two times bigger than the Jedi Temple. I lo- I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. Cost not for sale. <laughs> yep. There isn't even a estimate of how much it costs yeah yeah it is uh, literally worth a fortune Christ. let me explain um <laughs> so uh, another couple of uh, statistics for the uh, star home it houses 2,000 passengers and has a crew of 740 people damn it also carries a cargo capacity of 70 uh, 7,000 tons and having enough cons- and having enough consumables to last them five years. Wow. Yeah. Um, while it is classified as a flagship of a Hapen's Navy, it wasn't meant to be a ship to ship uh you know, engage in ship to ship combat. It's not a warship. No, it is not a warship. Though it does have pretty formidable firepower and high class shields, it's mostly as a deterrent for pirates because, mm-hmm. well, of course, <laughs> why would you expect anything larger than your own goddamn navy to attack you? Yeah. But anyway, um, the interesting thing to note about the uh, Star Home is that uh, in the middle of its construction, after it was finished, um,. So it was, so the Queen Mother recruited uh, engineers from all the other 63 worlds of the Hapes Consortium to contribute to the creation of a star home. And after that, um, she con- she had each world contribute their own treasure into the votes of a star home. So it, it is literally worth a fortune inside its halls. Mm. But anyway, um, so yeah, um... Okay, where was I? Okay. It is... The Star Home is literally as old as the Consortium itself. Wow. Um, the only time it was... It's incapable of atmospheric re- re-entry, by the way. So it could only stay in the vacuum of space. Okay, so it can orbit. Yeah. It's pretty much only there for the Queen Mother to just travel around the Consortium for important matters or just to visit the populace and everything. Mm-hmm. It, uh... In... Quote-unquote, the modern history of Star Wars, which is like uh, eight years after the Battle of Yavin, so after the Empire gets fucked over and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the Queen Mother 
actually decides to make an impromptu visit to Coruscant itself in the Starholm. Mm-hmm. And you gotta imagine this scene. Of just There's a common meme from a Warhammer where it's all like, uh, so there's this, they have giant mechs and everything, and they're literally like cathedrals and everything. Mm-hmm. There's a meme where it's all like, you don't go to church, church comes to you. Or in this case, you don't go to the castle. The castle comes to you. Yeah, basically. Yeah, even with the uh, capital of Coruscant, which houses billions upon billions of people just looking up to this marvel of alien technology just floating overhead menacingly. That's got to be quite a sight to see. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the Hapes Consortium, it was isolationist for a good while. Um, it opened up its borders relatively recent uh, when the New Republic came into power. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, they actually have uh, pretty good relations with uh, the, the Witches of Dothamir, with one of their uh, queen mothers being a member of a Singing Mountain clan. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, one of their... Um, so, there's a prince, I forget his name, Hausder or something like that, marries the Singing Witch... And they have a daughter together who eventually becomes a member of Luke's Jedi Order. And then she also became the Queen Mother. Cool. Yeah, so the Hapes Consortium, despite their, well, feminist attitudes, are very close allies of a new Republic. That's cool. It is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, that is all I have to say about the Hapes Consortium. That was interesting. It was very interesting, yeah. Of course... Legends always surprises me. <laughs> yeah. With the fucking outlandish shit that exists there. Um, I don't really have any lingering questions. All right. Uh, I really do love... Uh, I I don't care too much about the Hapes Consortium because it's all like, oh, feminist faction. <laughs> I do really love their uh, ships, though. Yeah, their ships look pretty cool. The motherfucking heaping battle dragon. That's Personally, such a... I do like the feminist ideals, but that's <laughs> <me. laughs> Of course, it's just you. Um, you would side with the uh, feminist bounty hunters more than anything else. Yes. <laughs> but no, it's really fun to say heaping battle dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's all that I have for this episode. Um... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how much feminism can there be in the galaxy? I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, so we're approaching uh, the next episode, which will be a uh, two-year anniversary of this podcast. Yes, I can't believe it. Yeah, and for this next coming episode, it will also be a nice little surprise. Of course. That's <laughs> damn so He's yeah keeping me in the dark y'all for the moment at least i'm gonna try and i'm trying a new format right now okay um but yeah um this new coming episode it is gonna be covering a topic which is really really important to the old eu of star wars like a good majority of oh yay more legends <laughs> where um yeah i uh where i discuss uh okay it's so important that if I talk any other topic like Mon Calamari or any other alien races in the galaxy, um, <laughs> it would be incomplete if I did not cover these, this topic first. Okay. So I'll leave you on that note. Alrighty then. 
Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Um, yeah. Feminism for the win, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you in the next episode. This is the way. This is the way. Feminism for the win. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.